Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Eye on Foxborough. The premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We're in Frankfurt where the good vibes for the Patriots did not translate at all on the field. No, it felt like a Patriots home game. Um, the stadium, I have to say, from just an experience standpoint, was was outstanding. People were extremely loud. As soon as the Indianapolis Colts came on the field and were announced, there were just boos, just a chorus of boos everywhere. And then they played this sort of Patriots montage. And then, you know, the Patriots come out and they play their normal entrance song, whatever you want to call it, when, like, the Patriots run out of the tunnel at Gillette Stadium. And the field just, it exploded with just cheers. And people were so excited to see the Patriots in Germany. And then, Chris, um, the Patriots did not put on a good show. I mean, unfortunately for the people in attendance, um, the Patriots, I wouldn't say gave them their money's worth. No, it was the exact same Patriots team that we've seen all year. Like, check everything on the list where it's like, oh, there was a brutal, like, special teams play. Yes. The offense couldn't get anything going in the passing game. Yes. Mac Jones throws a crippling interception. Yes. Like all this stuff happened. It was a really cool experience though. Like the crowd was so into it. They were, they were really good, but it, some of the jerseys were so funny, <laughs> you know, like there were jerseys from like every NFL team there. I thought that was really interesting. It was kind of like a comic con type thing where yeah. they're just all like all over the place. I don't think I'd ever seen a Justin Tucker Jersey at a Patriots Colts game before, but Hey, the uh, Europeans here like the kicking game. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought the, the crowd was a lot of fun. Um, there yep. was a lot of singing, man. Was it? They played Sweet Caroline and the entire stadium sung that. There was a uh, Country Road. Country Roads was the best. Country point. Roads was pretty hilarious. Um, they, you know, they Just did all like, these Germans in unison singing about West Virginia. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and unfortunately, um, the Patriots offense scored six points. Um, their defense was, I would say, great. But they were playing against Gardner Minshew. They allowed 10 points, and the Patriots lose 10 to 6. And I, I thought, a, you know, a big thing about this game, other than the really amazing atmosphere and just awesome hospitality, was the implosion of Mac Jones. It was 
one of those situations where you say to yourself, oh, I can't get any worse, right? It's not going to get worse, right? 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 No, no, Chris, it, it got it got much worse. It to me, it, it looked like Mac Jones got the yips in this game. Yeah. And the biggest issue, too, is after he finally gets the hook and this time, Bill can't be like, oh, it's because the game was out of hand or whatever. It's like the third time this year he's watched the fourth quarter from the sideline. Um, but then Bailey Zappi goes into the game and immediately throws a pick that honestly might've been worse than Max. Like yes. if you, Max was just a terrible throw. Bailey's is like, what were you seeing there, bud? That's into triple coverage. There were multiple Colts defenders who could have picked it off. Just a brutal decision. Brutal. And with Mac, you know, he, let's be honest, he got sacked five times in the first half. Four of those came on third down. I felt like due to the offensive line, like the constant pressure when he dropped back, Mac just kind of lost his mind. And we've seen that a little bit this year, but not to the degree we saw it on Sunday in Frankfurt. What we saw was someone who just forgot how to throw the ball. Like with Mac, it's almost like simple to say he needs to plant his feet and throw the ball normally. Normally, Chris. The stepping into throws thing is so brutal, and it's been going on all year where he's just throwing off his back foot, and it's just a terrible habit. And it's like, if you're Josh Allen, you're going to have trouble completing those passes. But with max arm strength and then not stepping into throws and driving them, it's a recipe for disaster. So there was one play where Mac, he missed Mario Douglas, and he had Ramondre Stevenson in the flat on third down. He almost got sacked, and then for some reason tried to throw the ball with his left hand. It was almost intercepted, and Bill O'Brien laid into him on the sideline like lost his mind just yeah that was screaming that, at him. that was the first teapot moment we've seen since he's been back yeah I, I thought that was interesting and then mac mac didn't respond well to that um he was almost intercepted in the end zone when missing hunter henry essentially he should have hit hunter henry for a touchdown he again throws off his back foot and then really it all comes to a head uh i want to say it was third and five on the five yard line no that was that was the hunter henry one henry one and then later it's mike Gusecki is open and the end he was zone though wide open and then for whatever reason mac again throws off his back foot and throws this like light flutter it's like if you were to throw a pass to your child throw it high in the air and let them easily try to catch it that's what mac did but this is the nfl chris you can't do that do you think the locker room's done with him yes um absolutely so after the game i like to observe people i stand there and look you can call me a stalker that's fine <laughs> i'm watching mac and I note I noticed that when he came to the locker room and he was changed and he was sitting down, kind of like getting his stuff ready to go, no one talked to him. Guys were walking by him, looking at the floor, not looking at him. I saw a couple guys like give him these quick, awkward glances and immediately like look down at their feet. It was brutally awkward in there around him. And after that, he goes and talks to the podium where his voice is really cracky. It kind of sounded yeah. like he wanted to cry. Um, so or I think it got to the point where he was talking about, he got a question about whether or not Bill believed in him. And I had the next question and he answered like, kind of like wishy-washy. And I was like, and he was basically saying that like, to believe in yourself, you have to see results. And that's where belief comes from. So I asked him, do you believe in yourself? Like at this point, do you still believe in yourself? And he said, yeah, but his voice was so like shaky. There wasn't a ton of conviction in the answer when he like, it was just a few sentences, but he's basically like, yeah, I put in so much work. I have to believe in myself, yada, yada, yada. But there yeah. wasn't a ton of conviction in what he was saying. No, n- not at all. There was there was no conviction in it. And I, I just I think we're, you know, we're seeing a guy who lost his his confidence. And I think really, Chris, at the end of the day, I, I feel like this is sort of the end of the Mac Jones era. I don't really yeah. see how he can he can it's, get back. It's tough too because he tries to do the right thing. Like I was watching him after we had a feeling after that pick that he was gonna get benched and Bailey got up on the sideline, he starts throwing. Yeah. So I think it's always fascinating to watch players when that's going on where like 
he gets the, hey, you're done. Bailey's going in. And I saw him. He walked up to every single person on the offense, gave him a fist bump and said something to him. It, he was being a captain in that moment. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know how many times you can say, like, whatever you're saying it before it falls on deaf ears if the results aren't there. I, I asked players in the locker room what he said to them. And they said he came up to him, basically said, let's go. Let's get this win. You know, we still have a chance trying to. Like Juju said, he was supporting them and supporting Bailey. So you're right. Yeah, he was doing the right thing in that moment. But when he initially came back following the pick, I was like staring at him through my binoculars. And his head was just down, staring between his feet, very, very much dejected. And a handful I, of guys came up and went and talked to him. Um, Mike Gusecki was it's, one. It's also kind of like this is where it hurts him that he's not more transparent with us in general. Mm-hmm. But like he could have been doing the breathing exercises that he talked about two years ago, because I've noticed him doing the staring at the ground on the sideline thing, but he won't tell anyone anything about anyone. And like, yeah. if you're trying to do something meditative to get your mind on track, it's like, I get that. I think that's a smart thing to do. But when you don't yeah. tell people that's what you're doing, and if you're just staring at the ground, you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't look the same. Right. And there's been plenty of bad body language on this team over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, um, they're two and eight. They're horrible. Um, They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They just lost to the Colts who had, again, Gardner Minshew, who, Believe it or not, was the best quarterback on the field. It, 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 I would say this at the end of the day, it puts a damper on a really cool trip. I thought Matthew Slater um, put it best. He said something along the lines of, "We had a great time in Germany before the game started," um, which is for the Patriots, it's it's what it is. And I I think really what I what I wrote for Mass Live and I think what a lot of people think is that what we're seeing here is really the the ending of the Bill Belichick era in in New England. I just I don't see Chris how. <clears throat> Robert can stick with Bill following this season. I know last podcast, I came in with a hot yeah. take that they should fire him. Um, they should fire him midseason if he loses to the Colts. Um, I, I'm taking back the take a bit. Oh, so take back. All right. Take back. And my rationale is this, is that although I don't believe in making emotional decisions, I, I do believe Bill has earned the respect to finish this job out. All right. Which is interesting when you say you don't believe in like making emotional decisions. It almost felt like pulling Mac from that game was an emotional decision, you know, after yeah. the pick where he did have the yips, but then you saw Bailey was Bailey was worse, you know? Yeah. It's been a small sample size, but this year Bailey's happy has been worse than Mac Jones. And Mac, honestly, he wasn't horrible in this game before the like break your brain interception that just always seems to happen at the most inopportune time. It is it's like I feel like for Mac too, like I think all the excuses have finally run out. Like, sure, the offensive line has been great. He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be a quality starting quarterback, you, you have to hit the open guy. It's it's honestly that simple. You know, Mac just, he, he doesn't have whatever gene is needed, I think, to succeed under a coach like Bill Belichick. That is, that I, not, that's not to say that he can't have success in the NFL, Chris. I, I actually, like, my theory with Mac, I think if he he goes somewhere else, I think he'll play in the league for a long time. But I wouldn't be surprised if he one day started like Geno Smith, the Ryan Tannehill following Miami. Like, but the, could... to push back on that a little, he had a ton of success with Nick Saban, who's a very similar style coach. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but he was also had better weapons. Yeah, oh, the you team know? was way way at, better, but it's Alabama, like the coaching yeah. style is pretty much the same, right? Yeah, hit or hit or miss. <laughs> if I I I uh, you know heard from a heard from a source that the experience um, for Mac between Bill and Saban has been sort of night and day and it was better for him at Alabama. So can you expound on that? That's <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah. I just, I just heard that Mac felt like he could be himself more um, at Alabama and things went a little bit, obviously more smoothly for him. He was yeah. more, he was more comfortable in the system and I mean, Alabama, they have weird, you know, media rules anyways, but yeah. I think with, 
that situation, you actually saw a little bit more of Mac being himself. I don't know if you guys remember, he had this viral clip um, talking about like a rat poison question and people thought it was funny and players really liked Mac and he knew the offense well. I think that's part of the key. And in here in New England, I, I don't believe Mac feels like he can be himself at the podium. And I think part he of that definitely does not. And part of that, I, I think, has weighed on him a little bit that he doesn't feel like people know him, like on who he really is because of what he cannot say. You know, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to look at. I think at the end of the day, this we, I thought Mac Jones would be a good fit with Bill because of Nick Saban. But at the end of the day, I do not think Mac Jones is a good fit with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I could totally see this happening where he gets like a second act somewhere else. And it's kind of like the two of Brian Flores thing, you know, where like once McDaniel came in and obviously it's completely different with the weapons and everything like that. But having a like more empowering coach could just, you know, kind of loosen him up a little because right now he's just white knuckling the NFL experience. And, to and- a crazy degree. And for him, you know, let's be honest, like this is an excuse, but having three offensive coordinators in three years is difficult. And Mac's skill set is knowing the offense. Mac's skill set is throwing the ball where it needs to go, but knowing beforehand, making checks up the line of scrimmage. With Bill O'Brien, the offense is different for the third straight season. And I think we have maybe misjudged how difficult it would be for Mac, a quote unquote smart quarterback, to sort of get comfortable in a system for the th- when it, when the playbook sort of changed on him again for the third straight season. I think, I think, I think that is part of his issue that he doesn't feel comfortable right now. Yeah. I'd agree with that. But then ultimately like he knew, he knew what the play was on the like break your brain pick. It was just a bad throw, you yeah. know? And it's like, I, it's just, it's just not happening with him, but where do they go from here? I mean, there's just no backup. Like there's a reason that they started with just Mac on the roster after final cuts, they cut everybody. <laughs> Yeah, the, the problem is Bailey Zappi's not very good. Um, Bailey Zappi was really bad in training camp, which is why the Patriots cut him. Yep. Um, you know, Bailey Zappi, I mean, I guess you guys could all argue, everyone could argue the Patriots should start Bailey Zappi against the New York Giants following the bye week because Mac kind of looks cooked right now, and I think he needs a breather. I would actually wonder if the Patriots would think about starting Will Greer. It, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting option because – both Bailey and Mac have just looked so erratic this season that I do wonder if they'll go in a completely different direction and try to get Wilger right. up to speed. Just kind of go with the, like, anything has to be better than this option. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, unless they were going to, you know, sign Carson Wentz who signed with the Rams, you know, like, who else is out there? Are they going to bring in Colt McCoy? Yeah. You know, That's like, you know, is it what, they're trying to get Matt Ryan out of retirement? Like, it. It's such a strange place to be. The, the quarterback depth chart looks to be pretty brutal. It doesn't seem like they're going to give Malik Cunningham another chance after, you know, releasing him and signing him to the practice squad. So where do they go from here? Honestly, I, I think they end up drafting a quarterback and they start all over with the new head coach. It's kind of crazy that like over the years they've been killed for being poor at drafting at like specific positions. But recently quarterback has been another miss that like i don't think they've got a ton of attention for because max rookie year was good yeah but they clearly missed on him now bailey same boat you know he looks like a fourth round quarterback that i don't know i don't even know if he should be the backup the thing with greer that's interesting is you would think that if he was really making progress he would have passed bailey on the depth chart at this point and he'd be serving as the backup quarterback not the emergency third it's a really that's a really good point i have a lot of those (laughs) <laughs> i don't know so that's that's debatable i think so i take um so patriots come to germany and it was a really great time and I, I think you know we can't sort of overstate how cool of an experience this was you could tell someone like matthew slater as we talked about in the last pod really really sort of enjoyed himself and even in the locker room i, I talked with um 
Pop Douglas, who told me it was his first time ever out of the country. Like, it's just a really cool experience, I think, for everyone involved. And I just think at the end of the day, it's a shame that the German fans who really do love the Patriots saw such an inadequate product. And I think the biggest thing that surprised me, Chris, is just that it actually got worse. And I know we kind of keep reiterating that, but like the fact that Mac went, you know, against the commanders and he wasn't great, but I didn't think Mac was awful against Washington for him to look as bad as he did was, um, was really tough. Uh, One Patriot who finally got on the field in Germany was Kayshawn Booty. What did you make of his, uh, I would, well, it's not his debut. He played one already, but you know, his, his reemergence after two months is a healthy scratch. So Tyquan Thornton, who was active, played zero snaps. And it looked to me like they were playing Kayshawn even over Jalen Rhaegar, which has been really a departure from the norm because recently Jalen Rhaegar has been like almost like their number two receiver behind Demario Douglas, which is crazy. But today, yeah, Kayshawn Booty finally got the call. He saw one target and caught it for 11 yards. And got someone smoked. Someone hit him. A guy hit him in the helmet. It was um, Zaire, I believe, Alexander, linebacker for the Colts. And the Patriots got 26 yards out of the play. So I did talk to Kayshawn Booty after the game, Chris. And, you know, uh, one, he said that he had to rebuild sort of his mindset. He basically said, I'm sorry, he had to basically rebuild his confidence after sitting for eight games in a row, which I understand. And he feels like he got to a place where he's practicing better, which has obviously led him to play. Um, I did ask him if he knew the reason why he hasn't played. And he said, no, which I found interesting. I don't know if that's true or not, but eight, eight healthy scratches in a row after not getting your feet in bounds in your NFL debut makes me wonder if he does know or was told not to, but you know what? It, it, I think for the Patriots, it's kind of what you have to do right now. Play Keishon Booty, play Pup, you know, Pup Douglas's role, and we can talk about him in a moment. But, right, I want to see more. I want to see more booty is what I'm saying. <laughs> it would have been kind of funny if he had answered your question, like, do you know why you were benched or whatever? And he was just like, yeah, in just one word you and wouldn't yeah. tell you why. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I know what I did. But the receivers were just such an issue in Germany, though. Like, he had the one catch, which was nice, but – Pop Douglas was the only one with more than one catch. Like Juju Smith-Schuster had one catch and two penalties. That group is still underachieving at an insane degree. And then Taekwondo not even getting on the field is like, oh my, like what, what is going on there? Yeah, the silver lining for the Patriots offense is the run game looks solid, but the Colts defense is horrible against the run. Like Zeke played, I thought Zeke played really well and yeah. as did Ramondre. Um, but yeah, honestly, you know, one of my, if we had to give it like a shining star or something, you could certainly go defense like, Plenty of guys in defense had really good games. Um, but Demario Douglas, six catches for 84 yards. I mean, out of everything that's been wrong and everything that's been bad about the Patriots, everything that's been negative, there's like one or two shining lights on offense. And I would say Demario Douglas is one of the biggest. They found a slot receiver in the sixth round who looks like a real player. Yeah, yeah. He was good in this game. There's some empty calories in that stat line because he caught the quick out instead of the Hail Mary. Yeah, there's 30 extra yards on there. That's like Matt got asked about that after the game, too. Like, do you know why you didn't throw a Hail Mary there? And he's like, no, because that was a bizarre play call. But and another bizarre play call that we should touch on was the punt that didn't have a punt return. Oh, my. Yeah. So the Patriots um, essentially sold out trying to block a punt. I guess they must have saw something. Um, They didn't really come close. And so they had no punt returner back. And the problem was the guy was it sanchez for the colts yep. he booted the ball like 70 yards no punt returner and instead of having like good field position the patriots had poor field position it, <laughs> i asked demario douglas after the game about it and he really didn't want to talk about it but he did say that was something they practiced yeah and bill kind of said as much too when he got asked about it but that ball just kept rolling and rolling and it's like that's why you know it's punt return 101 coaches are always just screaming catch the ball in the air catch the ball in the air well 
There's no one back there. No one's going to catch the ball in the air and it just keeps rolling. That was kind of like a microcosm for this Patriots team though, where defense gets a three and out Colts go to like, it should be awesome field position. I think that punt was from like their own 13 yard line. Yeah. They do something like that where you just don't have anyone back. The punt goes 69 yards. The field's completely flipped. And then Matt gets sacked on the ensuing drive. Barringer punts back and the Colts have way better field position than they did initially, which is like, how does that happen? It just seemed it was one of the those decisions you say, man, this Patriots team has really kind of lost something like in the coaching department, even though they have, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. It just it felt like just a poor moment for a team that prides themselves on special teams and like good coaching. You know, they just do stupid things every week where even like Mac and Zeke colliding on a handoff in the backfield. It's like, guys, yeah, it's we're in mid-November now. Like, <laughs> how do you not have this down? Well, you know why they're 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 a mess. They are an absolute mess. If you had to go with the player of the game, who's your guy? Um, that's a great question. I I thought Jelani Tavai continues to stand out. He had a batted pass that led to an interception the other week. He had what I believe he had a forced fumble or fumble recovery. Jelani's been honestly one of the best players on defense and sort of been he's been a nice. Nice story. He was a he was a second round pick of Boston, Detroit, followed Matt Patricia to the Patriots, which made people's eyes roll out of the back of their heads. But he's been good, man. I, I'll give it to Devai. I think he's been a solid player. I was going to pick him. So that's a pain in the ass. But yeah, he's forced. He's had a hand in turnovers. And I think it's three of the last five games because he had a pick in Vegas. Uh, he had a forced fumble. And now this one. Um, I might go. I might go Bryce Beringer for a 79 yard punt. So, I mean, he, he was definitely he was definitely yeah. active today. Yeah, he, two, active. He, he had two touchbacks, but like one of them was a 79 yarder and Slater joked about that. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. That, that. that one's OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess the punter gets the gold star in uh, Europe. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging in Germany with us. And we'll catch you on down the trail.